Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and I apologize for last week. Um, we missed a week there, and um, actually, well, I'll, I'll just tell you that um, my son went to the hospital, and uh, he actually, he ended up, he, he had a fall, and um, it was very scary. But it, it looks like he's going to be all right. I've had um, a lot of folks' prayers, and I appreciate that. Um, but we are back this week, and I wanted to talk about uh, the balance of everything because it, it's really, it's really a quite a dark world out there. You know, um, it, it's been a rough week for me with what happened with my with my son. It's been a tough year for everybody, and. Um, but I had someone share a story with me about how they had a child who um, had asthma when they were young, very young, and they used to have to hear them basically gasping for air at night. And I, I cannot imagine, you know, going through something like that. So I'm very thankful that um, overall, uh, my son's very healthy, and um, he had a he had a fall. He, they they did some they did a CT scan and some X-rays and stuff like that and they found that uh, he did have a little bit of internal bleeding in his skull um, so they monitored him for 24 hours that was a a very tough time last week very tough but that's what I was doing on Thursday uh, so we weren't able to record <laughs> but um you know in the midst of all the stuff going on in 2020 whether it's uh, COVID or communism. Um, these protests, anti-Americanism, anti-Christianity. Um, some folks have lost their jobs. Some folks have kids uh, out there that maybe they didn't get hurt like mine did. Uh, maybe they did. Um, but they have kids that are that are out in the world, you know, and the world is not... A good place to be right now and I mean 50 years ago the world was if you if you had stepped away from the faith or had a child that stepped away from the faith and you were praying for them um, that was a very different world than the one we're living in now you know we've gone from uh, iniquity to evil to wickedness and what's going on now is just abomination and there's, well, there's not much time. When you take the spiritual temperature of the United States, of the world, it's, the cup of iniquity is almost filled up. But praise God through it all. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys today about being balanced. Because there's so much negativity going on. There's so many negative things happening and that have been happening, especially, again, I say this year, and many folks know what I'm talking about, and just the convulsions going on with the country and the stresses, the things going, even, you know, having to wear these this mask tyranny that's going on, all this stuff, all these little things, they, they add up very quickly. Big things and little things adding up, and it just makes a, just a drudgery for a lot of people. But that's why I think it's very important that we uh, we keep our eyes on Christ. 
with all the negativity going on, it's important for us to try to counterbalance that negativity with good. Um, you know, Jesus, when he was when he was here on earth, he spent more time healing people than he did preaching. You know, you can see the 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 areas where he's got his parables, where the Sermon on the Mount, um, um, different areas where he's he's preached. But so much more of the Gospels are devoted to his works and the things that he did. And so when we focus on him, when we follow his example, um, you know, passing out literature, passing out material, things like that, um, helping individuals. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, those are the things that are going to help us feel fulfilled. Um, and we're, we're a couple weeks out from the election, so we, we need to be in prayer for our country. And um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen hardworking Christians, true Christians, who I understand to be true Christians, uh, on both sides of the voting issue and I, I think by this point most folks know where i stand on that but i think it's interesting to note that i live down here in florida and we have a lot of uh venezuelan immigrants well actually you could more more so call them not really immigrants more like refugees uh, because the country's so bad there in venezuela and why is it so bad well socialism moved in and totally destroyed their country, it's destroyed their economy. And, you know, if you say anything bad about the government, then you are basically singled out as a bad person. And there's a lot of corruption and crime. And it's interesting. I've had at least two uh, Venezuelans now, because um, we, we work on construction projects together. Uh, I've had two Venezuelans basically talking to me about socialism and trying to explain to me, I think they, essentially what they were trying to do is they were basically trying trying to ask me to vote for Trump. That's what they were trying to do. And it's it's just kind of interesting because, you know, the, the Democrats at least, you know, what, five years ago, not even, uh, maybe more, but all the immigrant population um, usually was Democrat-supported. But now you're seeing people that have lived through socialism and communism and they're they're going around telling people uh who can vote you know to not vote for communism because that's what we see that's this is what's so scary about it is that the biden harris campaign is just high-handed open uh communism that's what's on the ballot there and and that's scary that that satan feels comfortable enough to not hide it to just come out and say, yep, this is communism. This is what we want to do. We want to totally destroy and destroy and dismantle the, the constitution in the country. And then where, where are you left to go? There's only one place. And I, I think it's going to be a very clear victory for Trump. But that's why I say I, I, we really need to be in prayer for our country because it's very clear, folks, that you and that I are running out of time. Now, I've had folks ask me before, you know, you, you, you talk about socialism and you talk about communism and, and you, you connect them with the Jesuits and with the Catholic Church. How can you do that when they've 
officially essentially officially uh, condemned communism and they con they've condemned evolution too keep that in mind but remember Pierre Telhard de Chardin the Jesuit priest he was involved with and had prior knowledge of and assisted with the Piltdown Man hoax and a Roman Catholic priest who was Jesuit trained Georges Lemaitre came up with the Big Bang Theory so it's as far as I'm concerned, it's very similar to like when, let's say, Bill Clinton uh, was being accused of the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal, and he was denying it. It's it's a posturing. It's officially denying something so that the eyes can be taken off of you, and then you can continue to to promote and use that thing. And this is what's going on with communism and socialism. You have the Jesuits are on both sides of this coin. And if you, I mean, you could go to America Magazine, the Jesuit Review, um, and look up stuff on what they think about the protests, what they think about um, communism and socialism and, and these things. They're, they're all pro these, they're openly pro-socialism today, right now. Not, not talking about... 1800s right now and again just like well it's not so much today but in the past evolution was condemned by the officially condemned by the roman catholic church however they have their jesuits uh coming up with the theories that are the foundations of that whole system and this goes back again to to daniel chapter 11 which i've been studying a lot of and you have the, the king of the south and the king of the north. Well, the king of the south and the king of the north, you know, you study history and you find out, okay, after, after the literal king of the south and the literal king of the north were basically overtaken by Rome, then pagan Rome became the king of the north and the king of the south. And there's even a, a mention of an altercation between the king of the north and the king of the south. And if you look at literal history, you can actually see that the things that it's pointing to and describing was the Battle of Actium, which was Caesar Augustus representing Rome and the King of the North versus Mark Anthony representing Rome and the King of the South. So you have them on both sides. Um, I have a quote here from January 5th, 1879. From the Chicago Tribune. This is an interview with Karl Marx, where Karl Marx himself admits that the accusation of him being working with the Jesuits, now he doesn't admit it, he sort of brushes it off. But in this this uh, this source I'm about to show you with the Chicago, the Chicago Tribune interview, he mentions that Otto von Bismarck, the leader of Germany at the time, I think it was Prussia at the time, I'm, I'm not sure, but Germany, that he said that Karl Marx was working with the superior general of the Jesuit order. Listen to this. Bismarck complained in his North German Gazette, and this is Karl Marx speaking, remember, that I was in league with Father Beck, the leader of the Jesuit movement, 
and that we were keeping the socialist movement in such a condition that he could do nothing with it. So he admits that the accusation existed. So this is not a new, this is not my idea, this is not some new thing. Otto von Bismarck, who also um, banned the Jesuits from his country, by the way, believed that Karl Marx was working with the superior general of the Jesuit order, order, whose name was Father Beck. Actually, if you look him up, it's Becks with an X at the end. B-E-C-K-X. But he was the, what they call the Black Pope, or the superior general of the Jesuit order. The accusation understood by Karl Marx was that Bismarck said that they were working together. So socialism and communism and Jesuitism connection uh, is not something that is just just seen by J.A. Wiley or just seen by some of these other um, you know, Jesuit conspiracy people quotes. It's, it's from one of the leaders, one of a well-known leader of the past understood this. So it's important for us with the things going on to, to understand, yes, yes, these things are happening. But also, God is allowing them to happen too. And someone put it to me very, um, very beautifully. And, and it was actually Pastor Bill Hughes. And he said that, you know, all these things are happening because, because Jesus wants to come. He wants to come home and take us home with him. He wants to come back. He wants the sin problem to be dealt with. So what are we going to do? Where's the good that we can balance this out? It's in Jesus, of course. We got to focus on him. We got to do his works. We got to follow his goodness and be renewed by him daily. This is so, so important in the times that we're living in now. You know, last week was a very tough week for me. And I can still find solace and peace in knowing that even when people fail us, when circumstances fail us, when we fail him and fail ourselves, that he's right there. He's not waiting to condemn you or throw a lightning bolt at you. He's there. He's taking every step with you. He's going through the pain that you are going through. Just keep that in mind. You have, you have such a friend in Christ Jesus, a friend that words, my words cannot describe. Words in human language can't describe. So it's important to have that relationship with him on a daily basis. You know, John Wesley the revivalist in the 1700s, he had issues with his own righteousness and with his own faith. And he 
he met another preacher who was na his name was Peter Bowler. And I'll never forget this is what he said to him. Uh, John Wesley was struggling with his faith. He didn't believe that his sins were, I mean, John Wesley of all people, right? But he didn't believe that his sins um, were forgiven. He hoped that they were, but he didn't, he couldn't take hold of, of the, of that belief. He couldn't, his faith wasn't strong enough to own that promise. So Peter Bowler said to him, and I'll never forget this. He told, he told John Wesley to start preaching faith to other people. And he said this, he said, preach faith until you have it. And then because you have it, you will preach faith. And then in response, what John Wesley did is he went to, he went and started preaching the gospel to people that in the past he felt didn't deserve salvation. Like people that were in prison or on death row. And he started to preach the gospel and he, he started to see fruits from those works. And it helped change his understanding of what God's amazing grace and amazing love really was. That the message, it wasn't just for people, you know, like him who had all these methods, that's why they were called the Methodists, that had all these methods of righteousness and good works and all these things. But it was for the downtrodden. You know, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We find our rest in him. And I've sort of meditated on some of this stuff uh, this week, and and I want to share with you guys a quote from Testimonies of the Church, Volume 8. This is from page 73. Actually, I'll start in 72 just to give us a little bit of uh, background here. It says, When the Lord moves upon the churches, bidding them do a certain work, and they refuse to do that work, and when some... Their human efforts, united with the divine, endeavor to reach the very depths of human woe and misery. God's blessing will rest richly upon them. Even though but few accept the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, their work will not be in vain. Now listen to this, folks. Listen very, very carefully to this part. For one soul is precious very precious in the sight of God. Christ would have died for one soul in order that one might live through the eternal ages. Do you hear that? You know, forget about Moses, forget about David, forget about Elijah. Forget about me. Do you realize, do you understand that Christ, he would have came, preached all those sermons, did all those good works, had been tempted by the devil, did the 40-day fast, all the traveling, 
all the pain to finally be tortured and then killed on a cross just for you just you if it was just you he would have came and who are you who am I what are we in this world that the designer that the creator of the universe the king would stoop down and become one of us so that he could just save even just one it still would have been worth it to him now that's that's a, a such a beautiful thing because I'm nobody especially in history I'm not a Cyrus, I'm not an Alexander the Great or a Julius Caesar. I'm not some amazing artist or orator. I'm not the president of the United States or some king from some distant past. I'm not some great prophet. But he still would have came if everybody else had said no. And only I said yes. He still would have came. And he still would have came for you. Those are the types of things that we need to be focusing on. That we need to keep remembering and putting before our, our minds and our hearts. Not just in an emotional sense. Emotions, they're, they're great. Uh, they have their place. But a true understanding, a, a taking hold by faith, of these amazing promises that God has. Now you might say, now where is that in the Bible, that Jesus just would have came and died for one? Well, it's in the parable of the lost sheep. Remember that there was only one that was lost. But the good shepherd went out and found that one lost sheep. In the same sense, just one of us who was lost, who was dead in our sins, he would have came and did all of it over again just to save just one person. Now that is an amazing God. That's a God I want to serve. That's a God I want to emulate. That's a God I want to lay it all on the line for. And we might, we might be asked to do that soon. Because when people see us lay everything out on the line, whether it's whether it's financial, whether it's our, our, our mortal bodies or, or whatever it is, it inspires folks to, to ask, to question if what we have, if it's worth that, that maybe they ought to look into it. But I have a couple more verses here I want to share with you before we uh, before we close. We've got a few minutes left from Hebrews chapter four, 
verse 15, it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So he was tempted in every single way that you and me are tempted. He understands. He's, he's touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, our infirmities. He's touched by it. He's not, he's not sitting there, uh, you know, mocking us or, or, or throwing us away because we have problems. He's not. He cares. And he loves each and every one of us. The Bible says he knows the very hairs that are on our heads. Like I said, just one person. Just to say one person. He would have done it all. And he did do it all. But even when we're down and we feel out, we can meditate on another promise from Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 and 24. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, man or woman, of course. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So the Lord, he sees us when we fall. He sees us when we break. He knows when the trials come, when we don't pass them. But we will not be utterly cast down. Because though we fall, he will uphold us with his hand. Another one uh, from Psalm 121 verses 4 through 8. Actually, my mother shared this with me and I thought it was very beautiful. Uh, so I wanted to share it with you. It says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep, or sh sorry, shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen, folks. Amen. So we have to make sure that we don't have just an emotional but an intellectual faith. Real, true, grabbing hold of these wonderful promises that we have. And I think it's very important in the times that we're living in uh, that we're, we're focused on doing the work that the Lord would have us do. That's in our diets. That's in our daily actions, our devotion time, our free time, how we spend it. And also in our study time. We've got to be very careful with the theories and distractions that we might have. We all have theories. I have theories. I don't think there's anything wrong with having some theories, uh, especially when you, you're talking about, you know, scriptural things. But, you know, Pastor Bill Hughes has theories. Uh, Paul Prano has theories that he's shared with me before, and I've shared some of my theories with him. But I don't preach those from the pulpit. This is what's really important for us to understand is that we all have some theories about things. But we need to have the basics 
in the forefront. That's the things you share with people, not your theories. So just be careful with those. Just be careful with those because we there's the two camps. You know, there's the there's the Abels who do it God's way, and there's the Cains who have their their own idea of of how they're going to serve, honor, and worship God. And when Cain slew his brother Abel, you know, folks folks talk about how oh I don't like the God of the Old Testament because he's so mean. God came to Cain. And he asked him where his brother was. Now, did God not know what had happened? So, of course he did. So, so why did he ask? Why did he ask? He asked because he was giving Cain an opportunity, even after murdering his own brother. He was giving Cain an opportunity to repent to get better, to be a better version of himself by repenting and seeking the Lord. Of course, Cain didn't do that. He said, I am my, my brother's keeper. So we got to keep that in mind. If you have sins that you know of, lay them before the Lord. Repent. Repent and be forgiven. If you, and ask the Lord to reveal if there's anything else in your life that he's not pleased with. Because we are running out of time, folks. We are definitely running out of time. So it's important in these, in these dark, dark times, these negative times that we, we pray for our country, that we pray for our loved ones, the folks that we know are out there in the world that have stepped away. That we ask the Lord to help us lay down everything, make an entire sacrifice, and that we balance the negativity with his goodness. I'm Cody Moore, and you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. Catch you next time.